When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. As always, we are joined with our super producer, Noel, the, uh, well... Let's let's wait on this. Let's keep this nickname a secret. Wouldn't that be appropriate? <laughs> oh, maybe it would be appropriate. You're right, because uh, there's nothing but secrecy veiling what we're talking about today, and that's even. Cur- I mean, it's current because we're we're recording this in the early part of 2016. Mm-hmm. News came out uh, just this week as we're recording this about this vehicle, mm-hmm. and uh, it, even so, even so, with this public reveal, there's still a lot that we don't know about this company, this vehicle, the, uh, what's mm-hmm. to come. There's it's just it's shrouded in secrecy. Is it? Vaporware is it right now? It's a concept car and a lot of uh, intrigue yeah. and interest, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are talking about the Faraday FF zero one. Yeah, and you know th- this is the thing. We'll preface this whole podcast by saying right now there's just not a lot of details out there no. still, and this is after a big press conference reveal at uh, what is it uh, the, the 2016 CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, yeah, out in Las Vegas. Mm. Appropriately enough, uh, as we'll find out, that's where they're building some giant factory, maybe, right? Possibly, um, yeah, possibly. And <laughs> okay, I feel like I really need to say this up front, and, yeah. and we'll get into the topic in just a moment here, sure. but. Anytime we bring something like this up, anything close to this, mm-hmm. someone always says, do your research. You've got to, you got to remember the history. You got to remember history, the way things play out. And, and sure, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. There are certain companies that come along that have a little bit more promise to them. And I, I think that Elio, I, Elio felt to me like one that had a little bit more promise. Tucker had a lot of promise, but uh, I think we both have the same opinion on what happened to Tucker. Right. Yeah. Dale was a complete scam out and out. Absolutely. Uh, there have been others throughout history. There's some that, you know, along the way that we just haven't really talked about much. There's so many of these vaporware type cars. There's there's sure. there's uh, carbon motors mm-hmm. with their police vehicles. Yeah. There's uh, Detroit Electric with their Tesla like um, electric car that we've seen that's near production, but has been near production for many years now. And there are other things that actually occur, but fizzle in the pan, like Fisker. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Fisker's out there. We've seen them at car shows. Yeah. We've seen Fisker's, but very low production numbers. Right. And uh, also, there's a lot of, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of behind the scenes. 
litigation going on with Fisker right now, too. I think I've heard a recent lawsuit that's happening, something about a copyright infringement, maybe, or something similar along that line. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to have to look that up. I, I, I saw it along the way here while I was, I was digging into info about this vehicle, because there's a, there's a lot of controversy around it. We don't know a whole lot about mm-hmm. it. We know a few uh, specs, but then again, the, the car that they showed was just a, like, not a shell, but it's a, it's a prototype. It's not on a power platform. No, no. Okay. And I promise we'll get to it, but, <laughs> but, but I want one other, one other quick thing we need yeah. to, uh, to make sure that people understand is the car that they revealed in January that, uh, that, uh, Faraday Future, de- uh, you know, revealed at this, at the CES in 2016 mm-hmm. is not what they intend to be their production vehicle. Right. No one has seen their production vehicle yet. Yeah. This is like the ultimate extreme version of what they say they're capable of doing. And, you know, eventually. Right. And that's the whole thing. They say they can do this. They, they make promises. Uh, you know, trust us is something that they say mm-hmm. a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and we always have a, a lot of skepticism, uh, when we hear that. So, that's the thing, like throughout this whole thing, if it sounds like we're, it sounds like we're trying to sell the idea that, yeah, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm not going to say either way on this one. I'm going to stay on the fence because I, I like to, I like the point of, or the, the position of, uh, you know, being hopeful, but remaining skeptical about it. So let's talk before we get into the concept car itself. Let's talk a little bit about Faraday future. Sure. Which, uh, which is a great name. Uh, they're aiming to be Tesla killers. As, yeah. as, uh, they have said before. Smart, as, smart choice for the name. Yeah. Faraday future. Yeah. Sure. That's great. Yeah. With, uh, uh, Michael Faraday, right? Yeah. That's appropriate. Well, yeah, it is in a way. I mean, if you look up who Michael Faraday is, mm-hmm. uh, he was born in 1791, died around 1867. So this is a long, long time ago, but he was known for advancements in the field of electromagnetism and electrochemistry. And, uh, some of that, some, some of the stuff, uh, that, uh, well, I guess, it's a clever way to name the company, just as Tesla was a clever na- way to name the Tesla Motor Corporation. Right, right. Fans of uh, science fiction uh, will probably realize the, the Faraday cage is used so often in so many stories. I have been in a Faraday cage before. As a, Like, I raised my hand to be a, uh, a volunteer uh-huh. at a, uh, oh, I think it was the Cranbrook Institute of Technology, or, or what, Cranbrook Institute, wherever they had a, a science um presentation. Yeah. A kid was really small. I raised my hand in the crowd, you know, I did volunteer to go in the cage. I knew it was going to happen. I've seen it done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I raised my hand, the kid, the kid, you know, my kid next to me, she's flipped out when she sees what happens. <laughs> like I'm getting harmed in there because you sit in this metal mesh cage and they shoot lightning at you. Really? I mean, that's what it looks like. It's happening mm-hmm. and it's loud and it's impressive looking, but you're unharmed inside. And, and the idea behind the Faraday cage, it's insulating something from or isolating something from RFI, which is Radio frequency interference. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's like an insulator of, of sorts. And in 1831, he discovered electromagnetic induction. That is the principle behind the electric transformer and generator. Yeah. So it makes sense. This all plays into electric motors. And electric motors are, of course, what power the Faraday FF01 concept. Right. Yes. And this company is, I don't want to say sketchy. I will say new. Okay. And it has foreign funding, uh, from a very wealthy investor. Okay. And the investor. Now, do you want to talk about the investor? Because this is, uh, this is critical for this whole thing. Yeah. The money required to 
set something like this up is just uh, it's it's a mountain of money, really. I mean, we right. talked about Elio and what they still require in order just to get their first production model out there. They still need like what was it, a quarter of a, a million dollars, or quarter yeah. of a billion? I'm sorry, quarter, quarter of a billion, billion. dollars. Uh, this uh, this company is funded apparently by a billionaire who um, is not going to throw everything he's got behind it, but uh, sure. there's a roundabout way that they traced who the uh, who the founder of this is as well, or who the uh, who the people maybe contributing to it would be. Um, they say that the billionaire behind Faraday Future, or or is he? We're not really sure. And they call him the the Steve Jobs of China, by the way. Right? Yeah, he started the what could be called uh the Chinese version of Netflix, Lee TV. Yeah, exactly. Lee TV, so that's right. And um he said they say that they're not revealing the the exact ownership of Faraday. Yet. Right. So yeah, it, yeah. That's it, part of the secrecy. Who owns Faraday? Yeah. Uh the the billionaire in question, uh Zi Yu Tang, uh which I'm probably mispronouncing, he is in a strategic partnership. He yeah. does not necessarily own Faraday future. So he's an investor. And how, how do we know he's an investor? There's kind of this, uh, this roundabout way that they did this. So, mm. all right. They, the idea is that they, um, they were around for about, well, like I guess more than a year before they had this, this recent, uh, you know, uh, press release that the CES 2016, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. and it was the, the company itself was originally incorporated in California back in May of 2014 as Lee TV ENV Inc. So that's the trace that they can look at there. And according to papers that are filed with the California Secretary of State, the address is in Beijing, and that's associated with Li TV, which is a holding company founded by uh, this this tech pioneer. I don't know, it, again, every single thing about this company is shrouded in secrecy to this point, even after the press conference. They they were pretty elusive about some of the uh, the questions that have been asked of them by the press immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised that they even took questions from the press afterwards, uh, based on some of the uh, some of the answers that I that I read right. in yeah. these interviews. Yes. Uh- we also know that this strategic partnership is probably part of something bigger on uh Lee TV's part, or I should say Lishi the um the parent company. Okay. Right. Uh the idea here is that this guy often talks about how uh his company has already surpassed Apple in numerous areas, right? That's a pretty bold statement. It's true. That he, it's a bold statement. I don't know. I don't know if it's true that they have surpassed Apple and stuff like design, because that's sort of an aesthetic. Yeah, thing, sure. You know? But his company is involved in film production, smart TVs, video streaming, mobile phones, bicycles, more and more stuff. Unlike Netflix here in the U.S., it is this company is involved in multiple things. Sure. Yeah. So, and they've got a yeah. lot of people at the top right now mm-hmm. uh, that they can count on, that they know that have, uh, have well, some significant experience in the automotive world, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So in July of 2015. That's really when we started hearing about them, right? That's when we first learned of Faraday Future, we being the public. And when we learned about it, we also learned... Uh, that they were headhunters. Yeah, well, we heard, okay, there's this startup company that's out there that, that they don't have a factory yet. They've got an office space in California. And at this, uh, at this California office, they are kind of headhunting. They're, they're, uh, they're, uh, they call, they use the term poaching, but I don't really see anything wrong with what they're doing here. They're, they're, no. they're gathering the best of the field in order to, uh, to create a new company. So, 
Um, and you've got people like Nick Sampson, who is the senior vice president of R&D engineering, and he's the former director of vehicle and chassis engineering from Tesla Motors. They've got, um, and it's not the only Tesla Motors, uh, you know, top person mm-hmm. at this company. Uh, they have Dag Reckhorn, uh, who was also at, at Tesla Motors. Um, he's the former director of manufacturing at Tesla Motors, as a matter of fact. Um, Alan Cherry. Who was, uh, who was the former senior director of the human resources department at Tesla Motors. So they're, they're, they're gathering everybody, even he, even HR. Um, another guy from Tesla, Tesla Motors was, uh, Tom Wessner. Uh, he was the former director of purchasing there. And then, oh, this is kind of interesting. Richard Kim. Now, Richard Kim is the guy that they, uh, had out on stage at the CES, uh, you know, press conference or reveal or yeah. whatever you want to call it. He was the designer, I believe, of the FF01 concept vehicle and, He's also a founding member. He comes from BMW. He's a founding member of BMW iDesign and the lead designer on the i3 and the i8 concept vehicles back when BMW came out with those. So this guy knows his stuff. I mean, all these people really know their stuff, and there's more to it than this. They've got 400. Well, they have uh, more than 400 back in July uh, as of. Recently, as of January, we've heard that they've upped that number to somewhere around 500 people, and I think in the U.S. To, yeah, in the U.S. and they're going to double that, I believe, when the factory comes around. And Lee TV, uh, let's keep in mind, has 700 employees in its auto division. That's pretty big. Now, okay, you know what? I have one other quick thing here, and I, 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 I might have to dig through my notes uh, just a minute here as we as we talk about this, but. Mm. Um, they said something, and I, I'll find it somewhere along sure. the way as we talk here, but. They said they don't see themselves as an auto company. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations 
that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And I find that funny because here they're at CES revealing a car that everybody's kind of either crazy about or skeptical of or is, uh, you know, says it's ridiculous or whatever, whatever the uh, the emotions were around uh-huh. it. But they say they're not building it so much as a car because they are coming out with a production car soon, they say. Yeah. Uh, but uh, more as like a tool, like a uh, like a way to keep you connected when you're on the go between places where you're connected. Um, so not so much not so much car. More of like a gadget. Yeah, more of a computer that happens to roll around. Yeah, and you're, and you're always in, so you would always be connected at home. It'd be like a seamless transition, transition is what they want between, you know, when you're at home or out at, you know, doing whatever you do around yeah. the city or whatever. Yeah. And then in transit. And then when you get to the office or if you get to the airport or mm-hmm. wherever you get, you know, you're driving to this, is like a like a gadget, like a tool that you can use. So let's let's recap before we dive into the concept car. Uh, so we've got a fairly mysterious company, certainly with mysterious ownership. Sure, one publicly acknowledged billionaire investor. Uh, it's eight months old as we record this, right? Around yeah. eight months old. Uh, yeah, that's a good guess. Um, Probably older, but we didn't hear about it until July. Great point. And uh, they released a concept car and are garnering a claim for a car that no one has seen. Yeah, that's right. Now, should we talk about the car yet, or do you want to talk about the factory that they're going to build yet? Or- oh, yeah, that's right. They're building a factory. Um, we'll tell you what. Let's talk about the car first. first yeah, yeah, because there's some, uh, some, well, I guess tentative specs out there, maybe. Some, sure. Some speculations on the specs. On, are we talking the concept car or the production? Uh, concept vehicle, because we don't know anything at all okay, about production. Good. We don't even know the shape of the production vehicle. We just know that it probably won't look like the concept vehicle, which is a crying shame, my friend, because that vehicle is awesome. Yeah, it really is. It looks like a, a, a sports car that races at Le Mans. I mean, it's like one of those prototype uh-huh. vehicles that race. It's, it's incredible looking. It really is. Some people call it ridiculous, though, because they know it'll never see production Production. or never going to be a road car, really. But I think it's interesting. I really like the looks of it. They've also uh, they've also been accused of creating an unbuildable car. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Which, you know, they object to. They say that it's it's perfectly it's perfectly feasible to build and it would work if it was just on a powered platform. Oh, so, sure. So right now, this is at CES. This is not a car you could hop into heist style and drive away. Yeah. But the, but the platform. Okay. We'll come back to the platform yeah. because that's key to this whole story. Mm-hmm. So what they revealed or what they unveiled, I guess, was a high performance concept vehicle and has, and I'll say a claimed 1000 horsepower. So they're, they're saying, you know, each of the wheels, each has a, has a motor. So four motors, four motors. Yeah. So it's all wheel drive, 1000 horsepower. And then they claim Mm -hmm. that the zero to 60 time would be under three seconds, but this is all theoretical, right? They also claim a top speed 
over of over 200 miles per hour. Okay, so all this stuff can kind of be uh, run through, you know, computers and through maybe through a wind tunnel sure. and determine exactly like, well, okay, this thing theoretically could reach this speed and with this weight and with this shape and et cetera. So I understand how they get that. I really do. I it get looks it. so cool, though, it, Scott. It does look really cool. It, it, I mean, it, I gotta got to say. It's a glass roof. It does have a glass roof. The front end, when I when I saw the front end with, uh, it's kind of got like these pass-through cooling uh-huh. areas uh, for the motors. And to, to me, that looks like if you look up an older concept vehicle called the uh, the Ferrari F80 concept vehicle, Ooh, good the, call. the front view looks a lot like that. The back view, sort of similar, but uh, but this one maybe even has an edge on that one. I think it's kind of it's really cool. Um, other things that it has, it has a glass roof which opens like a canopy, like a like a jet fighter. Yeah, um, has a white carbon fiber interior which I've never seen before. It's really interesting looking. Um and then a couple of other little things that I don't know, I'm questionable about like uh, questioning the, the smartphone and the steering wheel. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's one. Yeah, but I mean, I can understand that for maybe a street car, but I'm not so sure about why a race car needs that, especially cuz it does live. Maybe it's part partly it's because the smartphone connects to do live analysis, well, right? Possibly. I mean, we've all seen the F1 steering wheels that mm-hmm. are overly complex. I mean, for sure. in- incredibly complex. Um, this is not that level of, of complexity, but um, it's. I guess it could be close with whatever a smartphone could do. I mean, you have to. I can't imagine having to scroll through screens uh, while you're there. It's better. It seems better to me, like the F1 style, to have a, a specific button for each feature rather than having to find it. You know, it's on the third screen as you swipe to the left. Right. <laughs> it seems really difficult to do that yeah. while you're racing. So uh, there's that. Uh, there's also a halo system that supports the driver's head and neck. So clearly a race car. Um, and a helmet, as I wanted to mention earlier, that had, um, it, it provides the driver with water and oxygen. It can be pumped into the helmet, which I think is kind of a neat, neat idea. Now, can you put other liquids in there? Not booze, of course, but like, <laughs> you know, juice or a soda. Oh, sure. You get a hankering for a, what, like a high C punch or something, maybe? Yeah. A, uh, a, Hawaiian, a Hawaiian punch? <laughs> Some Capri Sun. You want a Hawaiian punch, Ben? <laughs> Remember that old gag? Uh, a Hertz donut, a Hawaiian oh, punch, all those? Oh, I remember Hertz donut. Like a slug bug thing, kind of. I don't know how I made it through childhood without the Hawaiian punch. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, so okay, the thing is that realistically, this won't be the production vehicle. Obviously, it won't. And they're even no. saying it won't be. This is like the, as I've said before, it's like the ultimate top-end version of what they could do. But the 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 idea behind this whole thing is that, it's a platform for them to build on, and uh, and, yeah. and it's very modular. Yeah, it's called the Variable Platform Architecture. Yes. Uh, according to a statement by one of the senior VPs at Faraday, a guy named Nick Sampson, the platform is done on a modular, flexible basis such that we can change the size of the platform. Mm-hmm. He's got a quote here I'll go on. We can change the number and power of the drive systems. We can change the physical size and electrical size of the battery packs so we can get bigger and larger packs and smaller packs both on the electrical size and physical side because of the modularity of how the battery architecture is being done, which is unique compared to anybody else in the industry. And that goes, uh, well, I'll say it again, the underlying story is all about the platform that's being built. And that goes directly to what you were saying earlier when they don't consider themselves necessarily a car company. Yeah, sure. They're going to do things in a different way. And it may not sound different when you hear that because we've heard of platform engineering uh, she's going way, way back where you take the same chassis and engine and you put a different body on it and use a lot of components that are similar in vehicles so that you can produce 
uh, many different models on the same production line. Right. That's totally possible, and it's happened for a long, long time in automotive history. Long time. Decades and decades. But. but <laughs> oh, yeah. You got it? No, no, yeah. go ahead. You can, you can go well, ahead. I'm just going to say, but their flexibility doesn't stop there because you write about their business model, which is just bananas. Well, true. I mean, can, can I stay yeah. on this for just yeah, a moment yeah, if, yeah. if that's all right? Because yeah. I, I wanted to emphasize how different this is from other car manufacturers because you may think that it sounds a lot like, well, what, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. Platform. I mean, yeah, sure. Like, okay, here's, here's a good example. Um, maybe, maybe we can all relate to this one. The Chevy Volt and the Cadillac ELR. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a modular type design, I guess, in a way. Uh, you know, we've talked about how they, they take the, the Chevy Volt underpinnings and put a Cadillac body and, and, um, accessories and trim and all that on top of it and charge, what was it, like $45,000 more, $75,000 more, something <laughs> like that? It was right. huge. This is not that type of uh, badge engineering, or I don't even know if that's really a good badge engineering example. It's different than that. There's more to the ELR than there is to the Volt, of course. But sure, um, probably the wrong term to use there. But what this is doing, they're they're completely redesigning the way that battery, or they say I should say they say they're redesigning the way mm-hmm. that batteries will be looked at. So instead of having uh, you know, a one large battery pack that they have to deal with, with getting in and out. And, you know, remember all the time we talk about how hard it is to change those battery packs. And that's what Tesla is kind of working on, these quick change things. But those right. batteries are like 1,100 pounds or 1,000 pounds. Yeah, they're very weighty. This is what they call strings of batteries that are put together. And you can add or subtract battery strings to modify the potential weight, the efficiency, uh, the range, you know, all that stuff on a single, you know, everything that, yeah. that surrounds the anxiety behind a single charge, how far you can go. Right. Will be adjusted. And additionally, you can also move the motor. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The, yeah, the placement of the motor can change. Motor so. or motors, because or you can motors, do you can do call. you can do one to four motors. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends on what you need. You know, you Front want front wheel, rear wheel, yeah, all wheel, single wheel. If you wanted to, I don't know why you do that. But I don't maybe. know. Um, I, I don't know. There's there's so many different things about this that that does seem like it's a smart move. But then again, like it's all right. Right now, it's all just uh, just. A no, great idea. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. Right now it's all just great. Well, okay. I, I want to talk about this business model because if we're talking about the big dream, Scott, let us not stop at eight and a half yards. Let's go the whole nine. Not only are these going to be, according to the company's party line, not only are these going to be incredibly adaptable modular cars, but they're also going to change the way you buy them mm. because their business model will not be, um, you know, the old. It's not the, traditional. Yeah, the more traditional model where, wherein you or Noel or I or you listeners would go to a dealership, buy a car, probably get a payment plan, and then over a series of months pay off that car. What they're doing instead is they want users to subscribe. To a plan. Oh, so this is even different than Tesla. I was thinking you were setting me up for, uh, you go to the mall and buy one. Oh, no. Yeah. They would maybe in the future, but you subscribe to a plan that gives access to autonomous vehicles of differing types. Hmm. So one day a subscriber could get a cargo vehicle and the next, uh, day a sedan. So they're incorporating car sharing into this idea as well. Right. Okay. All right. But I, I'm sure, you know, there's gotta be, there, there has to be a way to own one of these two. I would think that along the way, they're going to make that part of it as well. It doesn't sound, uh, like a, like a smart idea to say, this is all we're doing is just, you're going to subscribe and that's it. Yeah. I mean, but, but then again, we haven't heard any details to say otherwise yet. So, so what you're reading is, is really all we know at this point is that, yeah, we'll be a car sharing platform. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of order up the specific vehicle you need for that day uh, to arrive at your door, right? You can have it, if you need a truck, a pickup truck for the weekend to move, mm-hmm. there it is. Again, great idea. Well, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know yeah. if it's a great process or if it will actually happen. Yeah, we always, and we always qualify this with, you know, for the right individual in the right circumstance, you uh-huh. know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you can go back to our previous podcast about, Car sharing and all that, and uh, you know, and, and other programs similar to this, and you'll you'll understand where we where we come from on this. I like to own stuff. <laughs> yeah, I do too. If I pay for something, I want it. I want to own it. I do too. And uh, you know, I I mean, 
It's tough to say like you're gonna you're gonna subscribe to a car service and then uh, something relatively untested like this, mm-hmm. and then trust that it's gonna happen. I mean, but there have to be people that uh, that do this. So you know, the the pioneers, I guess. Sure, the Somebody's ones that got to be first. The ones that really believe. <laughs> True believers, yeah. as Stanley would say. Now, with that, with that in mind, with those stats on the FF zero and the we, we've talked about these uh, specs and Scott, you are right. It is all not specification, but speculation. Ah, very good. Uh, I like the way you did that, yeah. Uh, because we, we've seen virtual tests and stuff. Now, Faraday teases that this concept may go into some sort of limited production, but they're aiming for, what is it, 2017 to have their production car? Yeah, the production car. Now, they're te- they claim also that they are testing right now out on the roads. They've got a vehicle that is out uh, among us somewhere yeah. testing and that, uh, you know, eventually we'll see this car. I don't know when they plan to reveal that vehicle mm-hmm. or what the, sh- the shape will be or, you know, anything like that. I mean, there, there's a hint of it in one of the teaser videos and it almost looks like a, like a crossover SUV type vehicle. Uh, ah. something, something like that. They, the outline at least look like that, but we know that that stuff dramatically changes as production, uh, you know, approaches or speculated production approaches because. Ah. That's the big news. Well, yeah, that is the big news with the factory, right? Yes, sir, in Nevada. And, you know, that factory was almost built here in Georgia. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Uh, there were a couple of states, right? California, uh-huh, Nevada, uh, Louisiana, Georgia, uh-huh. uh, Louisiana. Uh, okay, there you go again with the, uh, <laughs> were they going to take over Elio space? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Who's going to get that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so the, they broke ground recently on a factory in Nevada. A Billion dollar factory. This is a this is a big big factory. One billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. With your uh, pinky in your mouth, you did that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I I'd love to see this happen. And do you think they're gonna? What do you think? I mean, we're about a month away from when they say they're gonna break ground and actually start building this factory. But uh, they've received something like uh, well, some state incentives, like three hundred and thirty-five million dollars in state incentives from Nevada mm-hmm. to build what it says will be a one billion dollar manufacturing plant, and and this is north of uh, Las Vegas, just north of Las Vegas. Right, they're uh, gonna hire forty-five hundred people. That's a lot of people. Or they're bringing those jobs to the state. Well, this so. is a lot of big talk. Don't yeah. you think? I mean, is it gonna happen? That's a, that's the thing. Like they can promise this, and here's. Here's what typically happens in this case. Hmm. In about two weeks, we're going to hear that there's a delay in the uh, in the groundbreaking, you know, or something. Or there's there's problems with the paperwork, sure. so they're going to work that out, and it's going to be uh, midsummer before they do anything, and then it just kind of slowly falls off the radar. I, I wonder if that's going to happen with this or not. I mean, I just I, I can smell this coming. Sort of like, you know, the Elio thing happened, you know, like it just yeah. gets put off and put off and put off and they bring out a, a, a concept vehicle, you know, a, a proof of production, I guess, you know, a, a driver mm-hmm. that they can drive around and say like, yeah, we're going to build this vehicle, but will it ever happen? Are we ever going to get over that last pump to make it to production? Right. Is it like the old Alice in Wonderland thing? Jam yesterday, jam tomorrow, but never jam today. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it may be. It uh, may okay. Be. I have to do a quick correction though. Uh, I misspoke. I think I misspoke, and I said eight months. Mm-hmm. It's eight months old. That's not true. It's eighteen months old. Oh, eighteen. I, yeah, I had I had uh, had a slip of the tongue, so I wanted to catch that before we get to now. Okay, eighteen. So uh, just just so I'm clear on this, I thought eight months. That was from last July. 
because mm-hmm. that's when we first really heard about them. When yeah. they started to appear in the news and when they were cherry picking from uh, from from other companies, you know, like uh, like Tesla and BMW. And there's a couple other that I want to mention here. They've they've got other employees that come from you know Ford and Fiat Chrysler, and uh, I think Motor Trend even said that. Um, they're taking people that uh, that worked on interiors of Lamborghini and Ferrari and Land Rover, so uh, they've got a lot of talent. Yeah, in that top end of their their executive uh, group there. Um, but yeah, I guess we haven't really heard about them for very long. I mean, last summer was really last time we heard about them, but they incorporated before that, like you said, eighteen months ago. You want to know something weird too? What's that? That factory that they're going to build is in is going to be in the same industrial park as the test track for the Hyperloop. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? Isn't Tesla a building, or have they built a, uh, a giant battery factory there in Nevada as well? So Nevada's really drawn in some good business uh, with these uh, these tax incentives, I think. For um, sure. Yeah, I wish, I wish all this had happened here in Georgia, of course, for, for very selfish reasons, because maybe... We could uh, visit we could, the factory. We, yeah, we could go see what's really going on there. We could keep, <sighs> so we cool. kind of keep track of what's happening. That you would know be that's uh, pretty be interesting. Such tight wrap, though. So. Yeah, you yeah. know, and oh, here's I found that quote that I was talking about oh, earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. before. Now this is, um, it's not necessarily a quote. It's just more of the idea, and it'll let you understand where they're coming from. It says Faraday hopes to distinguish itself uh, by branding the car less as transportation than as a tool for the connected class. So what do you think about that? I mean, a tool for the connected class. That's what they said. Yeah, it says people's lives are changed uh, by the. Oh, this is a Faraday spokesperson, by the way, a spokeswoman. Her name is Stacy Morris, and she says people's lives are changed by their mobile devices. Uh, the, you know the way we interact. The, the car industry hasn't caught up sufficiently. The car still feels like a place where you're disconnected. Um, so. The idea is that, and I think another one, maybe um, uh, Kim, who had done the uh, the reveal, yeah. said something like, you know, you get in your uh, Range Rover, and, uh, you know, sure, it's a great machine. It's a $100,000 truck, you know, an SUV. <laughs> right. But you get in, and you use your phone for navigating and, you know, things like that, and you're fumbling with it all the time. You don't even have a place to set it down, really, that's comfortable. That's part of why they make things like a, a design where they can actually fit it into the steering wheel. So it's not necessarily so you can text while you're driving or uh-huh. or make phone calls. It's for stuff that a lot of us really do use it for practical reasons that are that are non-distracting. You know, some some way to get around town, like using your your Waze app or whatever um, yeah. on the go. It's just a smart place to put it. And you know, I and I agree that that is a smart place in the steering wheel because we see a lot more console design realizing that it needs to be less distracting, more in front of the driver, more intuitive, more immediate. This was, this FF0 was a passion project of Kim's. Yeah, sure. And we see, see that, that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And, you know, we, we also see, we, we understand that, you know, um, what are the Apple systems and Android systems that are in cars too? They're, they're hoping that um, this, this will be an alternative to that. You know, they're going to have their uh-huh. own way of doing things. Uh, they haven't said, you know, if they're going to partner with any, either of those by any means, but, they look at it again as a as like a gadget. The vehicle is more of a gadget than a car. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just an interesting take on this whole thing. And I, I mean, it's really confusing at this point. So maybe we'll get some some more answers soon. Uh, right. But right now, it, this is just kind of like uh, putting it out there, letting you guys know about it, and uh, you know, seeing what you think about it too. I would love to get some opinions on what you think because I, sure. I I gotta say, I mean, I really do just. My spidey senses are tingling, Ben. I feel like this is a uh, this is more of a uh, like an Elio thing. It's going to get close, but is it ever going to make it to production? You know, I I gotta say, I've already heard a conspiracy theory or two about this company. One being that it was a shell company of Apple's, as they were using because you know Apple has so much money mm-hmm. right now. Uh, 
that they were using it as uh, a, a disguise to start entering into Tesla's market, right? Mm. So there, there's a lot of stuff happening here. I, I will say that they are further along than uh, a lot of other companies, but they're not out of the woods yet. They're not out of the garage yet. Yeah, good, good. Are they? Are they? I mean. I wonder if they're really going to be true competition for Tesla because uh, this this luxury electric car market, uh, which is what it'll probably be. I mean, it'll be a luxury electric car. Yeah. Um. So, is it really truly going to compete with Tesla in this uh, in this luxury electric car market? Do you think? Do you think it's going to um, you know, what's the, what's the old term? Cut the mustard? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's, it's going to make it? Uh, I feel like I am Mulder in the X Files. You know what I mean? No. I want to believe. I'm, I'm, oh, okay, got it. Okay, I know you the, I know the, the phrase. X-Files? Not, not really. You didn't watch the X Files? No, I was in it strictly for the uh, the Simpsons on the Tracy Ullman show after that. Oh, or before, man. I don't remember which so one. You just it was. saw like the last five minutes of yeah. X Files episodes, yeah, just waiting for those little tiny bits of Simpsons in between the Tracy Ullman show that we got. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a deep cut. You know, <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but I felt so old when I looked at. Even just season one of The Simpsons, yeah, yeah. and the Tracy Ullman stuff, sure, changed radically. Oh, incredible change! But uh, but it's way off track. So it's um, way off track. Let's so, get so back you, on track. So I you want do to believe. want you want to believe, and and I agree. I, I kind of feel that way too. I want to believe too, but it's just you've got to be so skeptical uh, at this point with uh, with what we've seen even in our own lifetime. Happen. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing, Scott. This is and, and listeners, you uh, probably. Have, probably are having some of the same thoughts. Um, if you've, if you've read some of the market speculation about autos, one thing that manufacturers have on their minds at the forefront of their minds right now is that it appears that younger people, the marketing term is millennials, I believe, uh, are not as much of a car culture. Yeah. And want to have a car or transportation as convenience. Not, um, not necessarily as, uh, an object to be maintained, to own. They want a service. And please in no way misconstrue that to, uh, to think that we're saying that the, uh, the car culture is dead or anything like that. Oh, no, not but at we, all. We had a full podcast about that we recently. Sure did. We, we definitely said that's not the case. But, um, yeah, they do see it as more of a, uh, of a tool or a, a gadget. And, uh, and I can kind of understand why when you get into a brand new vehicle. I mean, it, there's a lot of electronic goodies there. Oh, yeah, man. I feel like I'm some, some guy who fell through a time warp from the 1500s or something when I hop in, when <laughs> I have in, in a car after 2014. It feels like the future, man. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, it, it already, these cars already know too much about you when yeah. you sit down. Oh, sure. oh, by the way, the FF0 supposedly reads biometric data, data from the, uh, driver. Uh, yeah. You know what though? Okay. That's not anything brand new for race cars. That's true. They that's always true. are monitoring, uh, race car driver performance, uh, you know, uh, I guess body performance. But you can know, you they, imagine? that in a production car well that'd be a little weird i mean i don't like it uh where would the probes go that's my main that's my main (laughs) question i mean i'm hoping that it's more like uh like sensors on the steering wheel or something but uh, probably like heart rate um heart rate temperature stuff like that you just never know you you never know but also (laughs) also i think it's a violation of privacy because who if it is a car that is connected to the cloud and it measures it will know where you are at all times for your GPS, mm-hmm. right? And it will 
also know your state of mind, possibly things about your health that you might not know. Oh, yeah. I mean, we see the stuff where they're reading facial expressions to yeah. judge your mood and whether or not you're sleepy. Uh, if you got a good, if you got a good night's rest the night before, they, and it was all, it, they really do have things out there. They're not, they're not completely there yet, but they're getting darn close to understanding just about everything about you when you sit down. Yeah. And I, I, you know, guys, I don't want to be some kind of kook, you know, putting tinfoil over my windows or something. I don't want to come across that way, but I do, I do believe that many of these things that are being portrayed as conveniences do have, um, serious potential, uh, for harm. Yeah, sure. You mean for, uh, invasion of privacy? Invasion of privacy. Yeah. yeah specifically. And, and the other thing is, I, I think a lot of this stuff is inevitable, you know, mm-hmm. and I just hope on balance that it's good. Well, and I hope that this, I, I do hope that Faraday succeeds. It depends on what you do with the data to make it and to make all that. I mean, sure. you, there can be the, uh, you know, just kind of the, um, I guess the garden variety version of that where they use it to, you know, perfect the, perfect the product, uh-huh, you know, to make right. it better for the next generation or, you know, the next generation of vehicle, I mean. Uh, but, but then again, there's also the other, the downside of that where they'll use the data in a different way, uh, for whatever reason. I mean, you can only speculate at this point, you know, what that might be, but, oh, man, um, okay. So I, I, I kind of am along the same, uh, same lines as that. Yeah, sure. We wish them luck and everything, but, um, I just say remain skeptical. I'm going to stick with that line. Just remain skeptical. We've seen it before. We've seen it before, and you have too, listeners. Uh, we hopefully will come back soon with an update. Well, what we can promise everybody, Scott, is we can promise that we'll keep an eye on it for you and let you know if it goes poof, as vaporware is wont to do, or if it if it really starts to roll. Yeah, I mean I I I just feel like it's going to be one of these lingering stories. It's just going to kind of mm. uh, kind of hang out there with a near production ready model for a long right. long time, but uh but again, uh, uh, yeah, we could we could talk about this all day. Just just remain skeptical. I mean yes. that's it. That's it. And as as you said, let us know what you think. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter uh where we are car stuff HSW and Scott, I got to say you've been knocking it out with the with the Facebook stuff. Oh, thank you very much. I've been uh, yeah. I've been uh well, I guess combing through all kinds of Tumblr pages and uh and uh um other Facebook pages and you know stuff that I find interesting and things that I see around town. I've been shooting with my uh, my own personal camera. Um, I just try to put something interesting up there every day and maybe a little bit more than you get from, you know, some of the other sites. I try to, uh, dig into it just a little bit and give you maybe a, you know, a few lines of history or, you know, why it's important or why it's significant or something like that. So there's a little bit more to it than just, uh, just a, just a photo, a pretty photo. Yeah. And, but also the photos are great pictures of unusual cars with stories. I really enjoyed the, uh, in some of it is just stuff Scott sees, like our old segment, right? Like that wooden uh, truck cap in the parking lot. Oh yeah, you know what? And when I when I posted that one, I didn't say this, but uh, it has a, a bent plywood uh, edge on it on both sides, and yeah. it's very very smooth, very fluid design, very cool, and it's unique. I'd never seen one like that. Mm-hmm. I would bet you anything that guy's got a really cool skate ramp at home that he did the same thing too, because I think you can bend plywood with uh, with heat and water. Yes, uh, but you have to have the right forms and you have to have the right technique to you do that to know what right you're doing. yeah you really have to know what you're doing and and I would bet anything that that guy's a skater I can from his uh he's got a lot of um he's stickers on the decals, back yeah, yeah the, the decals on the back and uh those are all about surfing and stuff like that and I would guess that he's probably a skater as well so that's my guess 
and he doesn't even know that he's internet famous. Now. Nope, he's uh, he's practically um, an internet star because he appeared on the car stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just joking with you. No, but uh, but I do try to keep it interesting, and I try to give you just a little bit more information about stuff than uh, than what is initially available on like a Tumblr page or something like that. And while you are online, if you would like to hear more about Elio Motors, Dale or Tucker, and Tucker's one you're going to have to set down for just a multi-part podcast, uh, visit us at our website, carstuffshow.com, where you can listen to every single episode we have ever done. And, oh, brother, there are a few. Yeah, when you get to the uh, to the back end of those when we're high-speed stuff... Oof, cut uh, us some slack. Yeah, be kind. Be kind. It was the early, that was the early days. It's a learning curve. It really was. Uh, and if you have an idea for a topic that you would like to hear more about in the future, or you have uh, you have some insider info on the mysterious future of Faraday Future, we'd love to hear from you. You can go ahead and send us an email directly. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.